Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds or talk about worlds based off the roll of a 20-sided die. I completely screwed that up. Let me try that one more time. No, Jordan, you have to leave all this in. This is the podcast now. <laughs> hey, Cody, how's it going? Jordan, are we going to pretend like we haven't been talking for the last hour and a half? No, no, we're not going to do that. Duh. Should we also like a- do a catch-up of our week? Like, should we talk about what we've done last right, week? Anyways... Cody, are you ready to talk about some Space Odysseys? Okay, Jordan, I, I want to kind of intro this a uh, little bit. with. Let's do it, bud. Okay, so a while ago, I got really excited because um, I was getting on Netflix and I saw this movie called um, The Cloverfield Effect. And I was like, oh man, this looks really good. Like well, I was, that's interesting that you saw a movie that wasn't there because it's definitely called The Cloverfield Paradox. Anyways, I, I forget what it's called <laughs> for reasons that will become apparent. It's that, and here's it's that the jam, bad. Right? It has an actor in it that I am like a huge fan of. Um, I, the The British guy that was from... Oh, yeah, yeah. From the IT crowd and yeah. from, like Pirate Radio and a bunch of other good things. Yeah, oh my gosh, he was in Pirate Radio. I forgot about yeah. that. Um, he but he was also in Bridesmaids. Like, I love that guy. Yeah. He is super funny. I think he is a great actor. And I was excited to see him do something more serious. I, like, had watched the IT crowd the night before. I watched that show probably once a year. No one else likes it that I know. So I'm very lonely. I watch it alone at night. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a perfect show to watch by yourself, right? The IT crowd, the show about lonely people. Um, <laughs> right. But, so I was super pumped for this movie, right? And then I watched it, and I got done, and I was like, oh my gosh, this was really bad. This was so bad. Yep. And then I was like, man, maybe I, I just need to validate it. You know what I mean? I need to validate how horrible this stupid freaking stupid movie was. So I went and like watched some online reviews and everyone said it was bad. And I was like, great. But, you know, I didn't have that cathartic thing where I got to talk to a friend and be like, holy crap, that movie was straight up trash. And then this week I get a message from you that's just like, we need to talk about the Cloverfield effect. And I'm like, yes, we do need to talk about the Cloverfield effect. The movie not called the Cloverfield effect. (laughs) Paradox. Yeah, the Cloverfield paradox. paradox, paradox. Because... Oh my gosh, what happened in this movie? Okay, so I'm going to go in and talk about my experience with it. Is I saw, well, I didn't watch the Super Bowl, but I saw trailers that night of a new Cloverfield movie is coming out. New Cloverfield movie. And I was like, holy crap, yes, I need to see this because I love the Cloverfield franchise. And I saw the actress in it, the guy who played Baron Zemo in Captain America Civil War. Um, yeah, yeah, he was he's a good actor. Yeah, he's a great actor. And then we have the guy from the IT crowd. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm into this. I'm into this. Okay, so I need to watch it. So I like, I had stuff to do that night, but I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to watch the Clo- I need to take a break and watch the Cloverfield Paradox. So I sit down and I watch this movie. I sit down. I like I put everything else away because usually sometimes I just focus on other stuff during music. I like start texting and other stuff. I put this movie it's in it's in front of me. I it's the only thing I'm paying attention to. And then I realize about a quarter through, oh no. And then halfway through, oh, oh no. Three quarters through, okay, something interesting happened. Done. It's like what? This wasn't a Cloverfield movie. And the thing is, even going into it and reading about it, 
this isn't supposed to be a Cloverfield movie. They made it for other purposes, and they just slapped the title on in order to call it the Cloverfield thing, and they threw in that scene at the very end of the movie with the monster just to call it the Cloverfield, and it had nothing to do with Cloverfield! What in the world? Yeah, so this kind of goes back to the notion of explaining things ruins things. I don't know why directors don't get this or like story writers don't understand that show don't you can never you should never finish writing your story. Um, And what I mean by that is if you write a story to where if you tell a story to the point where people are sick of it, you've told too much of your story. You have to stop leaving enough questions that people are still interested. It's why shows jump the shark, right? Yes. What really did not need to happen to the movie Cloverfield, which I actually think was a pretty interesting movie at the time, they really did not need to explain what that monster was. It was actually super important for them to not explain what that monster was. What made that movie cool to me was kind of like Alien, where it's just this unknown force just falls on the earth, and it's weird and uncomfortable, and you don't really see it. It's just like getting hit by a hurricane. And... Yeah. Then they have to go and, like, detail science out what this thing is. And I'm like, no! Quote, unquote, science? The science sucks. It's stupid. It's bad. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting yelly. Calm down, Jordan. Breathe in. Okay, but the thing is, Cloverfield, it does kind of show where the monster comes in. Because in the background of the very last scene, you see something fall from space. And that's all the explanation they give. That's all the explanation they need to give. And I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's an alien of some sort. Why did we have to try to make this movie explain Cloverfield? This had nothing to do with Cloverfield. It was bad. Yeah, it wasn't a good explanation for what that was. And then no. and this is this is conjecture that I've just like heard online, you know, was that they made this movie as not a Cloverfield movie and then watched it and realized it was terrible and just like slapped the Cloverfield label on it. And then released it on Netflix as like a gimmick almost. Cody, that is I'm pretty the, sure that's exactly what happened. That's like the speculation that I heard about why it is what it is. But truthfully, what happened is it wasn't supposed to be a Cloverfield right. movie. For sure, it was not supposed to be Cloverfield. Movie. And yeah. that's what and, doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to be a Cloverfield movie. What the heck was this garbage sheep of a movie? And then like taking out the Cloverfield stuff that felt so slapped in because okay so here's what i'm not sure about and this is kind of a world building thing right to me if the movie had just taken place on the so real quick if the audience members have not seen this movie um, oh yeah we should probably go and do it first yeah so just real briefly just to kind of touch on this um the movie primarily is set on a space station where these like five um, international scientists are trying to come up with a solution to the energy crisis. Uh, The energy crisis has gotten so bad, like there's no more fossil fuels and we don't have a way to make energy. So like the world's falling into war because there's Mm -hmm. no way to produce power. So it's kind of like down to the wire. Like we need this super space generator to generate infinite power forever. And then somehow we'll beam that back to earth I don't know. Maybe they'll just run a big extension cord up there or whatever. Um, whatever. 
Whatever, that's not the worst part of the movie. Space laser, um, lasers solve problems. Right, literally, that's what this movie is. So, they're yeah. working on this experiment, it goes wrong, they get sucked into, like, an alternate dimension of Earth, yep. where, um, and then, like, one person, and, like, the ship, like, halfway phases into another dimension, so, like, weird stuff starts happening, and then the movie's about them trying to like get their experiment to work so they can phase themselves back to the other di- to their original dimension. Um, and in doing so, this is the Cloverfield part. They like rip a hole in space time, I guess, and out falls the Cloverfield monster. Yep. But that's never For really no explained. Reason. It's no. just like, anyways. But here's the part that I don't know. So the main character, who I actually kind of liked for the most part through the movie, like I thought she was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, whatever. Her husband is back on Earth, and it every once in a while will cut away from the space station to him back on Earth, and it's like, I think it's well Cloverfield is Cloverfielding, you know, like there's a big yeah. alien monster smashing around on Earth or whatever, but you never really see it. And he's just, like, driving around in a crappy car, like, picking up kids for some reason. Like, he just, like, goes to this house that's been destroyed and finds a kid. Yeah, and finds a little girl and takes her in for no reason. Like, that that, that yeah. didn't really get anywhere in this story. That wasn't important at and all. And the, then they, like, went to a bunker. Like, he just, like, yeah. knew a guy that had a bunker. And they went and sat in his bunker. And then, I, I don't then they know. they go back outside, don't they? Yeah. I don't know if that was at, like, that weird stuff, like, it had nothing to do with the movie. It felt like it went nowhere, but I think it was supposed to be establishing, like, the fallout from this alien smashing around, but that was never, they never really showed what caused all the destruction, really. It's just, like, a building got blown up, and he was a doctor, so he drove to the building to, like, yeah, and then he just, like, picks up a kid and goes and sits in a bunker, and and that's the movie. But I, I don't, I don't know if that was added in. You know what I mean? I think it was. But on the world building standpoint, so he's the hus- like we have the world like Earth, and we see kind of this going towards the type of apocalypse type thing, and we see the Earth failing, and we have the husband staying down on Earth while the wife goes and tries to fix things with space lasers, which don't make sense. And so we get the whole scene of how life is still degrading on Earth, and we get like bad things are starting to happen. But in space, we get the space laser fails and they like slowly find out that they're in a parallel universe. It's not done very well where they like find a woman who's just like fused in the wall and they like have to cut her out of the wall. Well, okay. And that part totally made sense to me because I, I think the idea is that they like switched places or like with the, at the same wasn't on the original crew and so yeah it just it's fine i'm fine with that but then the fact is that the worms that they were experimenting with and like they had worms on the ship for one for some reason they had this thing full of worms for some reason and it gets implanted inside of the like evil russian scientist who's like i don't want to be on this ship i'm gonna kill you guys and he explodes with worms later for no reason well and that's where like I think there's elements of the movie that seem like good ideas for, like, the kind of, like, almost body horror, like, dimension-shifting stuff where, like, you get fused into a wall. I kind of understand that. Like, you get pulled into another dimension, but you don't get pulled necessarily into an open room. So when she gets pulled into a different dimension, she phases into a wall. 
And I'm like, okay, that's kind of like horrifying and gross, you know, and I thought that was kind of cool. But then, like, for some reason, like, the worms teleporting, if it had been the other ship's worms, that would have made sense. Yeah, and you still have different worms, but there were other ship's worms, and it shows that there's whatever. But that's not what happened. It was it was their ship's worms, like, got teleported, and they were, like, in a giant enclosure, right? Like, all these multiple enclosures, and all of them just disappeared. So all those worms, none of the dirt, just got taken as a unit... It, like, when it teleported, it just teleported the worms just into this guy's stomach. And he didn't notice. And his, like, face, too, because you see them moving around with his face, which is disgusting. Yeah. And I think it was supposed to also make him evil. You know what I mean? Like, he started acting evil after that. Well, it made him crazy because he goes and he builds a gun. He builds a gun, by the way. Like, he builds a gun. Can I stress? He builds a gun! No, he 3D prints a gun, and okay, here's the deal. This is not a form of building, Cody. No, but it's a stupid form of building that doesn't make any sense because 3D printers... And also, the 3D print would have taken hours. It would have taken hours, and also, that does not 3D print bullets. So, what? Like, what are you making bullets out of on a ship? You know what I mean? So, on a world-building standpoint, so we get these two parallel universes that get stacked on each other so the character that they find in the wall is actually the scientist who was so the scientist lady who leaves her husband to go up there she in the parallel universe she stays down on earth with her husband while someone else who was her best friend in that world takes her place on the ship so that's right. why this lady is on the ship everybody else is the same but there's now a new crew member because she was supposed to be there instead of the place and now intersecting the worlds we get both of them on the ship at the same time so that i thought that was interesting that they do now we're in a different world but they also do some other stupid stuff in this movie oh, that also doesn't wait a sense. second no the russian guy also gets like a, sh- a ship part teleported into his stomach I, let's just Which, leave the russian alone because it didn't make any sense right like what did this poor russian guy gets his stomach well like he gets <laughs> He has so much crap teleported into him. He's like a bag of holding. Cody, here's the thing. He disagreed with the rest of the crew, so therefore he's evil, and therefore he has to die in a brutal way. I get that, but it just didn't make any sense. Like, if he had been holding... Huh? He's evil. Yeah, but, like, here's what would have made sense, right? What don't you get about him being evil makes this whole story make sense? Come on, Cody. So, well, okay, there's two things. One... Why is there a part of the ship that's easily removable and instantly breaks the whole ship if it does not have a replacement? This is what this is. This is okay. This doesn't matter. But this is like a hard sci-fi movie that's supposed to be about like technology. So when they screw this up, it matters in this movie. Yeah, but it's also a sci-fi movie trope that this happens. One thing breaks and you have to find that one thing and they put it in and save the day. It's a sci-fi movie trope. It happens all the time. It, it does, but here's here's this what bothered me about tropey, it specifically. Anyways. It, it is, but here's what bothered me about it specifically. is right, okay, they have this part that maybe is really breakable. So they make it like it's a gyroscope, right? Which that's dumb, but whatever. Um, and it somehow finds their location in space. That is super stupid. But, so they have this gyroscope, right? And it has, like, a mount where you, like, open a drawer and it's just, like, sitting there spinning. And then they, like, pull it out and can pop a new one in, right? But it, it just, like, pops right out. 
They don't have to use a tool or anything. Hey, and I'm like, the audience okay. can't see, but I've been rolling my eyes this whole entire time. Okay, so that makes sense if that gyroscope breaks all the time and you need to have like a stack of them. So you can yeah. just go, oh, the gyroscope's acting up, pop this one out, put a new one in, have redundancy, right? No, they only have one of these things. Then why do you make it easy to remove? If it's so important, you figure you'd put a strap over top of it. But what would have made sense, though, is if the Russian guy had been stealing it when the ship did its, like, weird phase shift. Yeah. And and then because he was holding it, it got, like, fused into his body. Yeah, that's fine. And he, like, realized, like, oh, crap, I have this part that we need to survive in my body. So then when they go looking for it, he gets defensive. Yeah. Hey, Cody, did you just make a better movie in five minutes than they did in however many years it took to make this? Anyone could have made a better movie. Anybody could make a better movie than this movie. Okay, so weirder stuff happens in this movie than just the ship part being stuck into this guy's body. And and that's part that like kind of disturbs me about it, is that they don't have really any explanation. So the guy from the IT crowd is he's like fixing up the ship and somehow his arm gets sucked into the ship and his hand gets cut off. Yeah, and it's after and then the his ship hand is already- starts moving on its own and starts motioning to stuff. Okay, and now let me make sure I'm right about this. That that was after the ship had already done its phase shift, right? Yeah. But why this this it like kept phase shifting, right? And so like that part honestly, at first I was totally down for it, except for the fact that he seemed like he didn't care. Well, the thing is some of these things are like kind of comedic. And, like, his hands walking around yeah. and he's like making jokes about it. It's kind of comedic, but we were setting this movie up to be this, like, serious space drama. And we're getting this, like, weird comedy that's not funny, like, in place No, it wasn't. That. It wasn't funny at all. It was stupid. And, and here's what really bugged me about it. Why did the hand start typing to him? I don't know, Cody. I don't know. Like, what? The guy's arm gets cut off. It shows up in a different part of the ship. Okay, reasonable thing to happen with phase shifting. And then the hand, like, gets a mind of its own and starts writing down the script for the movie so they know what to do next. Yeah, and then later he gets sucked into the wall, doesn't he? Or Oh, it gets exposed. Something happened. I forget what happens. It was a while ago. He gets sucked. It's like the magnetism changes on the ship and he gets sprayed with a bunch of, like, liquid metal cock stuff, like, splashes all over him and kills him. Which was stupid. And the thing is, it just seems like they had so many different ideas for how they wanted this space drama to play out. But they really didn't have a necessary plan for it. And it just got jumbled together and got stupid. So things I liked and thought were interesting beats in this movie that just were done. Like they were done well, but then just because of the rest of the movie is idiotic, it just failed. I like that in this parallel universe, one of the, like, um, Baron Zemo, the guy who plays Baron Zemo, he is actually a traitor in, like, um, he's a mole and he's yeah. fighting on this whole project in the alternate universe, but in their universe, he's not. So when the lady, she's like, you need to be aware of him, he needs to be locked up, that's not true for their world, so they lock him up and he's like, what the heck did I do? That made sense. That was interesting. Then the other beat that I thought was interesting, the main character finds out that in this world, her daughter is still alive on Earth, and she stayed on Earth with her family. So now that she took the place of her real self in this world, she wants to go down back on Earth to live with her family, which doesn't make sense because it's not truly her family. But like that's part of the plot that I like. It's like you would 
have this longing to live with your family your daughter's still alive you would want to go back down there but you can't necessarily do that since this isn't technically your world so i like the ideas that they presented but everything else was so jumbled up and stupid that you could have those beats done very well. I think what it was is they went, okay, we want to make like a sci-fi horror movie. Let's write down all the tropes and like fun things that could go in this movie I on a whiteboard. Oh, you're about to and say exactly what did. I was going to say. Keep going. And then they did and just went, okay, there's the script. And it's like, well, wait, none of this stuff goes together. Well, no, they, okay, none so of this they wrote down the sense. ideas on the whiteboard. And they're like, crap, we can't figure out which one to do. Hey, guys. You want to just do all of them? Yeah, that's all. Yeah, like let's just do the whiteboard. You know, (laughs) all these ideas isolated are good. A transdimensional arm that writes advice—interesting idea. Makes no sense in the movie. Who cares? Stick it in there. You know. What was that movie? Is was it no the TV show that was kind of like the um, Twilight Zone, like the Outer Rim or something, Outer Edge or something? And so it was like it. it was like a bunch of episodes of that thrown into one movie and as like an anthology of a couple weird things like if they did like five episodes of weird things happening in like a sci-fi world that would have been cool like do like a black mirror type anthology thing fine but putting it all as one solid idea was stupid the world building didn't make sense because we have all these weirder things get happening i think one guy gets like wires and they like slowly pull him back and like why are the wires have a mind of their own now why is this making sense they phase shift into a parallel universe they didn't phase shift into a universe where the ship was alive unless they actually did and then whatever yeah no it just it just everything felt not thought out like it just random crap happened and i didn't care and yeah i don't know i wanted to care more about any of the characters but i just didn't like when the it crowd guy died i was just like all right saw that one coming he wasn't making it through this whatever i don't care the thing that happens is the other lady from the parallel universe, she turns evil in the end because it's like, oh, you can't take this space station, this one way to get energy to work away from my world. All this stuff has been going wrong. I'm going to kill you all. Cool. Saw that coming. Oh, right. She shoots like the doctor. Yeah, she shoots Baron Zemo. Oh, she kills one guy and then she shoots Baron Zemo in the arm. Yeah, but he doesn't die. He's no. just like sweaty. After and then that. one guy like goes out into the space station outside of the space station and sacrifices himself in order to save everybody else yeah that was like the captain wasn't yeah, it typical sci-fi trope fine i'm fine yep. with it but just i forgot about that happening gr- yeah exactly because it wasn't done well it wasn't memorable at all you know it, it was a it was a it was a sci-fi horror movie so it hit the part of the movie where they had to start killing characters because yeah. you can't have everyone survive or it's not a horror movie and they're just like yeah, let's just start killing people somehow, I guess. Yeah, he's full of worms. Worm explosion. He's dead. It had no weight to it. It We didn't know the characters enough to have any bit of an emotional response to them dying. And they were yeah, all shown as yeah, being it, goofy caricatures of what you would see in a horror movie. So it, I didn't feel anything when anything happened to these people. I didn't care. As a world building, character building, what emotion building, whatever building... They just did a bad job. It was a bad movie. I yeah, wasted for sure. two hours when I could have been doing other stuff. Yep. I like, no. I I definitely I definitely agree with you on how bad this movie was. It was really stupid. So yeah, um, this is our example of a space odyssey gone wrong. 
So things I wrote down is that can easily go wrong in a space odyssey are it a being too dark, which you know we're out in space. Of course, all space odysseys are set out in space. You're gonna be too dark. Yeah. Like I mean, dark as a color wise, not dark as a like story wise. Like being too dark, not having much going on, and then just having it in tight corners the whole time, and that's all we got. Yeah. Like I really think it wanted to be more of a horror movie. Well, but it, it wasn't that job. scary. No, it was. Yeah, like I was never scared. The only thing I that bored. I felt like a moment of like horror was when the worms popped out, and that was more of oh, this is disgusting rather than oh, I'm scared. Yeah, but then they had to freaking immediately follow it up with like a zinger when the IT crowd's like, oh, there's the worms, I found them, you know, and I'm like, oh, jeez, dude, like that that was bad. That shut was up. Really bad. It was dumb. It was just dumb. Yeah. J.J. Abrams is a hack, moral of the story. Wait, was this J.J. Abrams? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was that no. was J. Abrams, man. Dude, J.J. Abrams made one of the best Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, we'll talk about Force Paradox. Awakens later, hopefully. But Director. Uh, yeah, look that up. Oh, no, it wasn't J.J. Abrams. Good. I'm J. J. wrong. J.J. Abrams is fine. Dude, how can you call him a hack when he did Force Awakens? He did the new Star Trek series. Come on, he's not a hack. He's fine. He's not perfect, but he's I fine. I don't know. I say Force I Awakens is one of my top Star Wars, but we can get to that later because there's another couple of series that I want to talk about first as Space Odysseys. Yep. Okay, go for it. I'm listening. I care. As I said in the Alien episode, like Space Odysseys as a whole, they can be harder to do visually because, you know, you have this empty blank canvas. The Alien world was this empty black world, and sometimes you get that. You get that out in space. There's nothing out there. You get some stars, cool planets. So space odysseys have to depend on what else is out in the universe. So we get space odysseys that use other planets, um, like colorful starfighters. We get like cool space colonies. They also have like one thing that is in most space odysseys is a way to quick travel to space. Or you're going to get hours upon hours of just watching characters slowly drift through space talking to you last jedi um slowly drifting through <laughs> space with nothing happening whoa do you not like no, last i like jedi? last jedi but that scene the whole thing of them slowly drifting away from the, that that was kind of boring to me uh okay i understand what yeah, you're so saying we, sorry so go we ahead have like this emptiness we black background and nothingness in there but we just these space operas we get that in star wars where there's like it's slowly moving so one thing that Space Odyssey needs to do is have something interesting going on behind the scenes, whether it's planets or it's, you know, lightsabers and like these magic wizards who can move things with their minds. We have to have something because the Space Odyssey, I feel, cannot hold on its own. Well, I think that there's kind of two, there's two different ways of doing um, space movies or that kind of adventure in space versus science in space. Um, to me, a show or a movie kind of like The Martian is about actual space travel yeah. and how it sucks. Whereas a movie like Star Trek or Star Wars, or I think the one that you want to talk about, Cowboy Bebop, yeah. um, it's, it's using space kind of as a fun, like, pulpy backdrop to have adventure movies in. And yes. I think that... A romanticized version of space is great for that. Like yeah. it's it's really kind of fun. It can be, but you do kind of have to 
ignore or round smooth over some of the sucky edges of anything to do with space travel. Yeah, because like I said, Space Odyssey, can, I truly don't feel it can survive on its own. You need to have something else. So having to build a world or society without having an Earth or a planet is harder to do. But I think it gives a lot of freedom. You know what yeah. I mean? Because there's so much emptiness in space. Yeah, you, you can kind of fill it. Fill it with whatever you want. And I think one series that does that, they kind of right. take the idea of a Western and they put it on that backdrop of space. So Firefly is actually one that does that very well, where they have this whole idea of like cowboys and trench coats and ho- they have horses. They ride horses and fireflies, but that's also set on this backdrop of space. It's done in space. Well, actually, the, the thing that I liked that Firefly did was um, it, it was more about like, the hardships of a colony. Yes. Um, so when you get dropped on a planet, having really advanced technology as like a colony would be stupid. Yes. Because you can't fix that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Horses kind of perpetuate themselves. You know what I mean? If you bring four horses, you kind of have infinite horses as long as you can feed them. Yeah. Um, so I kind of liked that. that. That show showed that like, as much as society can advance, that doesn't mean it's advancing everywhere or equally. Um, you know, so if you're in a colony planet that no one cares about, yeah, you're going to just have a horse-drawn carriage and be at the mercy of whoever has the biggest gun. Yeah. Um, so I kind of liked that thing that Firefly did where it, it kind of lived in both worlds, but it justified it in a way that I thought was interesting. And we get to see, like, even with all this advanced technology, we still have a normal space world where people are like, cooking porridge over stoves and i thought that was very interesting and we still have that normal but we use space as a backdrop because space itself is interesting but this is how society interacts we get these like spaceships flying around the government controls things it has these secrets that we don't necessarily get to see we get to see the hardships of being kind of outlaws like not everything is going to be perfect as an outlaw sometimes you're going to be scrapped for money and And that's one of those, like, worlds that you can just... It's such, like, a fun fantasy setting is, you know, going on, like, adventures and seeing new planets and all that stuff. And, you know, the kind of, like, lovable band of smugglers, you know what I mean? Firefly is one of those shows that, to me, is very... Like, it's tropey, but it does it right. You know what I mean? Everything's justified and makes sense. And the world feels real enough that you're always invested in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're invested in it, but you're invested in the characters because a lot of what these kind of space odyssey films do is they'll focus on a small crew that runs a ship. So you're invested in characters because we have, what, six of them all in the small crew. We get to see their relationships. We get to see um, the Cap- Malcolm's relationship with Mara and see that grow. We get to see the husband and wife grow. We see the stowaways grow. We get to see all of that together but episode by episode just these six people as they interact with other ideas throughout the world so i really like that and another show that now i'm gonna bring it up i wanted to fake you out with the cowboy bebop thing that's why i said and (laughs) firefly because i want to start with cowboy bebop but i also wanted to fake you out but another show that does a really good i understand thought of that is um cowboy bebop so they keep a very close-knit crew it starts out with just two guys just um, Spike Spiegel and Jet Black together on a ship. It shows the kind of life, the outlaw country life. Wait, it, Jordan, 
shut up. Shut up for a second, Jordan. Shut up. The guy's name is Jet Black. Yeah. Jet. Oh my god. Yeah, Jet. His full I never name knew his Jet name Black. was Jet Black. Yeah, his full name is Jet Black. Oh my gosh. No. Also, okay, so really we should have talked about um what's it called? We should have talked about Cowboy Bebop first because Oh my gosh, is uh Firefly just a total ripoff of oh, Cowboy Bebop? Oh yeah, Firefly Bebop. is totally Cowboy Bebop. It's it's like shameless ripoff. Oh, okay, but anyway, so Cowboy Bebop it starts out with just two guys, and then we see that crew grow, and we get the whole you really derailed me, man. We get the whole outlaw country, but it's not as romanticized. Like, crap, these guys are always scrapped for money because they're constantly having to get bounties in order to live their life. And to live their life, they need to repair their crappy ship. They need to have food all the time. They need gas to go from place to place. So they're constantly taking all these odd jobs that aren't always glorious or not always the jobs where it's um like oh yeah we're gonna hunt this bad guy and save the world like one the very first job they do it ends very bleak where it's the husband and wife duo that are like um selling this drug that basically makes you like a super like superhuman and it ends with both of them dying and it's pretty darn sad yeah well and, and that it, it just i think um, it shows really well that like the cowboy life isn't what we always kind of romanticize or kind of look up with oh these cool cowboys doing these things like sometimes you have to do something you don't want to do he didn't want to like take out this family right and i think that that actually kind of nails what westerns really are about because like westerns are kind of spawned from a post-civil war like group of people Mm -hmm. it's unfortunate but it's true that like generally after wars what spikes is organized crime. Yeah. Because you have a large influx of people looking for jobs that are trained how to kill people. Yes. You know what I mean? Like and that's exactly it what happened after World War One. It happened after World War Two. It happened after Vietnam. It is always what happened. And it happened after the Civil War. Yeah. So like a lot of the drama of Westerns comes from a like group of post war people that like try to the fit in in a world ex- that really is not meant for them anymore. And especially in the case of the Civil War, like they were kind of coming home to a place that didn't that they didn't want to be in anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the um Confederates, right, lost and then had to live there still. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like a lot of times what Westerns are about is displaced Confederate soldiers that are now going out west to just do something, you know. So I think that the show, I think that Cowboy Bebop did a good job of having the world be tragic because most Westerns are. Yeah. Like good Westerns are usually tragedies um, or in some way tragic, like maybe not just a straight up tragedy, but like some of my favorite Westerns. They do the thing very well is they show like the tragic characters. Like you said, they come after a war, like Spike, the main character used to be, in a crime family like he used to be basically mafia like hitman and jet black is a former cop who had all these complications with his life so he quit and like they both are basically soldiers who don't have a war to fight and so they gather up together yeah and they start doing these odd jobs where most of it involves them fighting or having to take out bounties right and i think that to me the redeeming part of shows like firefly or I want, keep wanting to say Firefly or Serenity, but Serenity is yeah. just the Firefly movie. Firefly or 
Cowboy Bebop is it's about these people that kind of have their homes taken away from them or their families taken away from them. You know what I mean? Like, especially for Spike and Jet, like they don't have a place to be anymore. And then it's about them kind of finding that family and making a new life. Even then they find Um, that family. The same thing with Firefly. they, They find that family also heavy spoilers for Cowboy Bebop, but they don't have a place to go. And then they meet Faye Valentine, who also doesn't have a place to go because she was cryogenically frozen and has no connection to her past and actually doesn't remember her past. So they find that. And they're like one of the big emotional things towards the end of the series is they find another character, Ed, who does have a family to go back to. And she leaves and goes back to her father, but in these other people, they have nothing else but each other. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the emotional drops. Right. Well, and that's right, and that's kind of similar too to what happens in that. That's a very similar theme to what happens in um, Firefly because you do have that character, the Doctor, that could go back to society, yeah. but is kind of choose or even um, Amara, kind of the same way, right? Well, she and also could the Bishop go the, back um, to being a companion. The preacher, what? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Bo- I know who you're talking about, but yeah, something like that. I think it is Booker. Yeah, is it Booker? It's not Booker. It's not. That's that's the guy from, from that's from the guy Bioshock, from Bioshock yeah, Infinite. Preacher. I'm just hold on. We're gonna take a preacher from Firefly. Frick, I'm like looking it up on IMDb. Oh, it's right Book. Now. It's, it's book. race or the sh- Book. Yeah, Shepherd that's right. Book. Yeah. Yep. Shepherd Book. That's what okay. It is. So we were okay. right. We were on um, the edge of Book <laughs> and Booker. Well, but even he kind of has that, like, uh, Book's a character that I'm mad at the show for getting canceled for because you never find out what no, he was. No, you don't. Like, do you remember the part where you find out that he, like, knows how to fight? And is very and good at it? apparently is, like, ex-military or was in the government because his, like, he gets shot and then they, like, take him to, uh, what's it called? The, shoot, what are they called? I don't know, man. I can't remember. You know, like the the big evil government, yeah, whatever, whatever the, government. the like unification government. Yeah, and they just like like oh, we scanned his ID card. He gets full health care now forever. And it's like what? Hold it's, on, he's such a cool character. And that's what to me that's what's always the strength of these shows is when you have characters that are relatable and you always want to learn more about. You know what I mean? And like this kind of like small cast of interesting misfits. Um, and that again is all kind of goes back to your world building when you when the setting is good enough that you can have characters that you want to learn more about. And so like on a world building standpoint, what I think Cowboy Bebop does is it keeps slowly building the world around it as it goes on, which is just good world building in a TV show. So we learned that Spike used to be part of this crime family. So then we know that there are crime families all over the place. We also learn um, just about the government, the casino planets. We learn about like basically space truckers, like that one episode. I think the second or third episode with the space yeah. trucker who has this ship that she's trying to um, get her wares across the galaxy. We learn about the um, how the government controls the hyperspeed and just learn little bits about that and just. Then also what happened to Faye and how there was like this disaster where they cryogenically froze certain people. And just we learn all of this. And I think all of that together is what really makes this space drama worth it. Because if we just had, oh, hey, these ships in space, no one would care. I honestly think that's 
space is a very empty background to kind of put things in, but if you do it right, you can have something that has people sitting down and saying it's one of the best series ever. Yeah. Well, I think, like like you said, it. I think the emptiness kind of can be a hindrance as much as it's yeah. a help, right? Like, you don't have much to work with as a backdrop, but because you of can, that, you can have very... Like, there's not a lot restraining you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And actually, what I, what I liked about Cowboy Bebop was that it was... Um, it took place entirely in the solar yeah. system, which I actually thought was really cool that they like had like space stations and mining on different planets and stuff, but it was only inside of our solar system. So it was a little bit more contained. And I thought that was kind of advantageous because it made the world a little bit smaller in a good way where, you know, like Star Wars, it's just like there's a billion oh, yeah, planets. Don't even freaking worry about it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Star Wars is just like, whatever, there's a planet everywhere, and you can travel to any of them instantly. Like, Cowboy Bebop, it felt like a more condensed world that felt very, like, lived in and reasonable. Like, every setting that was there was there for a reason. There was a reason why we're mining here. There's a reason why, like, Mars is the most inhabited place. There's a reason why no one lives on Earth anymore. You know what I mean? So I liked that part of it, that it felt more organized and more intelligently built. Also, I really do like the idea of it's kind of what they used to do in TVs where it's like the monster of the week thing. And every episode was a new like monster. You had to figure that type of thing. I liked how they do that in Cowboy Bebop, how in each episode there is this new theme of something else we're finding out about this world there's and actually there is an episode of cowboy bebop that's kind of like alien where there is this monster on the ship that's going around and like taking out each of the members and then later you find out it was just um a mold that was grown because he left rock lobster in the fridge for like three months that oh, i forgot so about funny. that one but yeah so, right. so like i really like as a whole, because we're about to talk about Star Wars, I'm going to get into just how like crazily huge that world is. But as a whole, we get like each episode, we get bits and pieces of this huge like overarching story arc. But in it, you get a little bit of just fun, just little things that tell us about the world and just tell us about the type of people who live in this world. And it's very well done. And I just, it's a series that is very close to my heart because it really was one of those animes where it's just like, oh... This is what an anime can truly be. Like, you don't have to be people screaming power levels and shooting balls of energy. You can have a very just contained story about characters becoming a family and living day-to-day life with each other is what it boils down to be. I think that Cowboy Bebop is one of those, like, if you want to get someone into anime and you want to pick an anime to show them, like, I usually go for, like, Trigun or Cowboy Bebop or depending on how much time they want to spend on it full, yeah, full, full metal, metal is like if like someone has a lot three. of time and just wants to like get into a really anime anime do full metal alchemist but if you want something that is a little bit more heart well i mean full metal is very heartfelt but it's shorter and it's very close to the heart cowboy bebop like it's very good yeah and also that ambiguous it, ending. it's it's <laughs> just about like the perfect it, yeah, it's it's just about as perfect and as it can be. It's also you know? it has those bites of sadness, which makes this world very realistic because not everything's like super happy. Not everything's about saving the world. Like bad things happen throughout, and there are things yeah. that just don't yeah. get solved it's, because it's the- not everything in the world gets solved. Not everything is fixable in one episode or one movie. Right, and there's like a reason why they're like out 
in the middle yes. of nothing. Like there's a there's a reason that they are all out here and it's not good stuff. You know what I mean? Like tragedies brought all of them yeah. together. Well, I mean, Ed is the only one who doesn't have a tragic background. Ed and I, because I mean, they get to go kind off of does, and be happy. Though. And I just like to consider the end of the uh, series basically being, well, Jet and Faye just being, well, guess we're partners now. <laughs> and, just, <laughs> and then them like dealing and maybe like finding new people. Like, But it is left open ending because, you know, sometimes things don't get solved. <laughs> but I really, I like the series. Yeah. I would recommend it for anybody who wants to take a, like dip their toes into anime, but also love Space Odysseys because... The backdrop that they paint, well, sorry, this world that they paint over this empty backdrop is very beautiful and very interesting. You want to get into Star Wars really I, quick, or I do agree. you have anything else you want to say about Cowboys? I mean, I briefly want to talk about a couple of novels that I, I just want to talk about, like one romance oh God, novel yeah. that was actually good. Is this good. the one you started to talk about um, the other called, time and I like, cut you off and said no? I don't remember. No, I don't think so. It's a different. It was called Starflight. Yeah, I think it is. Um, and. Like, oh, man, it, what it nailed to me was, like, the most easy-to-digest version of this kind of, like, space opera, where it has the, the cast of misfit crew that go on odd jobs yeah. together, but it just cuts out any of the bad stuff and just goes straight to, let's make this a fun adventure with fun characters, but I, like, care about all the characters and all of them make so me happy. So is it more of a romance so it's novel, like, or is it just a space odyssey that happens to have romance in it? It has a lot yeah. of kissing. Yeah, this is definitely so, the book I cut you off like, from t- talking about. But what my point is, though, that, like, that really fun backdrop of fun characters, like, jetting around space and getting into missions and adventures... I thought it did a really good job of actually nailing the fun of that and making it an enjoyable read. You know what I mean? Because, like, it really leaned into the, like, kind of silly adventure that that it can be. And I I appreciated that. And I think that that's something that um, I think sometimes there's a habit to kind of, like, deconstruct that or try to make it miserable. And it's nice to see something that's just, like, unapologetically fun about it you know what i mean it's just like how can we make this the most fun yeah. version of this yeah, yeah. you know what i mean and and so i i liked that for it um because it was just an example of like leaning into the light-hearted nature that it can be and, and I, I don't know it was it was it was kind of like a fun brush of, breath of fresh air after a lot of like game of thronesy style fantasy yeah. that comes out now it was fun to read something fun and light-hearted that had like good characters that well, I even enjoyed. Well, Last Jedi <laughs> was pretty dark, and I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything, but this kind of space odyssey that is Infinity Wars was also kind of dark. So it is good every now and then to just have a very lighthearted, fun, jaunty, um, like just a romp, just to have yeah. a fun romp. That that's what that's what I like. Well, and that's to me like. I think that every one of these things always has a couple of those episodes that are kind of a fun romp. Like, even Cowboy Bebop, there are occasionally those episodes that just kind of, like, lighten it up and are like, here are this, here's this, like, cast of misfits going on a fun adventure. That's half of the show because they do have the Mushroom Samba or whatever that episode is. Right. 
Well, and it's like those episodes are what make you love the yeah. characters. You know what I mean? It's like the times that you get to see them be a family and see them be human just make you immediately fall in love with the cast of characters. So, Jordan, did you look up the... the are you looking at an episode no. list right now? How did you know it was called Mushroom well, because Samba? because that's the song. And also, I really love this series. Oh, my gosh. Jordan, you, you have a problem, man. You nailed that dude, title on your first dude, shot. I have it tattooed to my leg. The, the Sea of Space Cowboy. Oh, also, saying. that's one thing. It ends with a black screen with just words, Sea of Space Cowboy is every episode. Except for sometimes they mix it up. Like, Sea of Space Samurai is also a really funny episode. The episode where he meets the guy who's basically Spike, but they clash the whole entire time. He's Spike, but an idiot. And they clash the whole entire time. And it's very Watch the show, everybody. Please. I need to rewatch this series. I'm rewatching it. Full Metal Alchemist and this are two of my favorite properties ever. Just watch them. I beg you, watch them. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, you want to talk about Star Wars briefly? I know we're I, running I, out of time, but I think we should go and do it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's worth touching on because it's probably like the most known space show other than maybe Star Trek. Yeah, and it's one of those things that if we don't, I know a bunch of people listening to this are screaming. It's like, how could you leave out one of the most important space odysseys ever? Also, we'll get to you Star Trek on a different day, but we've talked, we talked too much about Crawler. I think that Star Trek is a different thing because it's, it's more like hard sci-fi yeah, than we'll, it is a space We'll get Odyssey, to Star like Trek on like Opera a hard sci-fi episode. How about that? Because I do like Star Trek and I do want to get to it. So here's here's my jam with Star Wars as far as world building goes. I actually don't think it has good world building. I think it's too big. I think it's um, too gigantic and that we just keep at every time you want to do something cool, we make a new planet. That That's yeah. my issue with it is. Also, before you get mugged and murdered by a bunch of nerds, I love Star Wars. Okay. Don't kill me. Yeah. I'm going to say like, I like a lot of Star Wars. There's a lot of Star Wars I don't like. Um, but, well, you know, I Clone Wars and Rebels right now. Like, Clone Wars might be my favorite oh, really? part of Star I, Wars. See, I never had the chance to check the, it the, out. So. The cartoon show Clone Wars, Clone Wars is actually really good. But, um, so, yeah, I agree that the issue with Star Wars from a world-building standpoint is they don't build worlds. They just, like go to a new place so they just make it a new planet because why not you know what i mean it's like we want to go to a city well there's a planet that's a city we want to go to a place where it's raining a lot well there's a planet where it always rains we want to go to the desert desert planet like why don't you just go to the desert i i get it and the thing is people get mad oh you don't know what that planet's called there's so many planets to keep track of guys there's freaking thirty thousand of them and in the show they don't actually talk about the names you know what i mean like, like you get, like, Tatooine and, like, Alderaan, and that's it. You know what I mean? Well, and I think that's actually where a lot of space, like, space, Odyssey space flicks fail, is making planets, naming planets, and then having us try to care when you can just make a new planet and be like, oh, hey, this is what we need on this new planet. I think a lot of them fail. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. Like, to me, the the meat of Star Wars is just... Like the core cast of characters that are going on any other fantasy adventure. You know what I and mean? Well, the lore and the kind of religion behind Star Wars of the Jedi and then the fact that there's dark side. Like that is what makes Star Wars just having these cast of characters deal with this whole 
space wizard religion is what makes Star Wars interesting. Not the backdrop, not the world they paint over the backdrop, but like the world building that is specifically society, specifically the religions part, specifically the characters. Yeah. Because that is all part of world building. World building isn't just building a planet. And I feel like that's where Star that's, Wars kind of falls short sometimes where they think, oh, hey, we need to build a world. Let's literally build a world. Well, and the other part of it, too, that to me they kind of drop the ball on is anything that is not Jedi or the Empire. Like, that's all the wor- that's all the world is. You never see yeah. anything else. In- until well, some of, like, the newer shows and the newer movies, they actually touch on well, it a little bit. you see kind of the underground but, life of the, like, ruffians and thugs and, like, kind of Han Solo's world a little bit. Yeah, which I am yeah, not excited for the Han Solo of, movie. It looks bad. What? Okay, you're wrong. You're wrong about that. Whatever, bro. Fight also, me. okay. <laughs> I'm holding a knife right now. Fight me. No, I just like, I'm worried I'm going to say something and you're going to think that I'm super racist. But I I have thought this about specifically one person once. You look creepily like Danny Glover. Or oh Donald God. Glover? Donald Glover. Like the guy who's playing Lando in the new movie? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I That makes me feel really happy because I freaking love Donald Glover and I think he's smooth as hell. I'm not just saying that because it's like, oh, you know, he's like young and African-American. No, I, I take that as a compliment because like I think he's face... like a super attractive, really awesome black guy. You I have the same mouth. Anyways, I don't know what that means. random thought aside, you should be looking forward to that movie because I think he's going to be a great Lando. Oh, he's going to be an amazing um, Lando, but I think the guy who's going to play Han Solo is going to suck. He might, but here's what I'm excited about about that movie. It and feels also like Daenerys is in it for some reason. Yeah, it's because she's popular, but it feels like it's going to be a fun pop. It feels like it's going to be a fun adventure movie, which I think Star Wars really needs to remember that what it is is fun adventures. <laughs> and yeah, they like keep trying to like be be bigger than their britches, and I'm like, guys, you're not actually that clever. Well, I like a movie I'm, I'm that is a at fun Rogue romp, One. and if it's going to be a fun romp where it's just them going on an adventure and like doing this. And not saving the world, don't save a world, please. Just do something fun. And well, they'll save like 15 worlds, Jordan, but there's like a bajillion. Every world has like a little city on it and nothing else, so whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like, I like Star Wars, but that is a problem with the world building because there's just such an expansive universe and they keep building more stuff. And it's well, so Well, and it's an expansive universe now. filled with the same stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. It's like every world is the same. It just has like either rebellion stuff on it or empire stuff on it. And it's like, well, why have a bunch of worlds then? It's all the same stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if in Lord of the Rings, they just kept, kept making more Mordors. There's like Mordor 1 and Mordor 2. Oh, yeah. They made Mordor. the Death Star twice and then they made Starkiller Base. And they still realize, hey, making space lasers is a stupid idea. Stop wasting yeah, all the resources. And they just keep doing the same stuff. And it's because, like, that that's what I mean about the world building is not actually that good. It's not a very complicated world. There's, like, an evil empire and good people, and that's it. There's nothing else. So it's kind of, eh. It's, it's so-so. Yeah, and way. also they just keep making new alien races, too. That's another thing. It's just throw another race at us that we yeah, don't Yeah, but they really don't know. matter. Well, they don't matter. They don't, we don't ever get to figure out anything about that race. We just get thrown, hey, look, here's a cool looking alien that I thought was awesome to draw. Right? It's just like, yeah, it just clearly is like an artist had a sketch band. Yeah, we're going like, to get 
killed for like what about dog Star people Wars. they're called bothids i don't know screw it like who cares dude we're gonna get murdered for talking bad about star wars disney is going oh my to gosh. like send the mouseketeers after us man jordan have you ever googled sexy bothins what the heck is a bothin it, they're the dog people do you not know what a bothin is jordan see this is what i have to deal with every time i talk about star wars Freaking i just watched some movies man. Okay, well, they are the ones that a bunch of them died to get the 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 plans for the Death Star, the second Death Star. Um, you mean? But Ewoks? yeah, I, I'm no, jo- I'm Bothans. Joking. A bunch I'm joking. of Bothans oh God, died. <sighs> Gosh. So, anyways, I was googling pictures of Bothans today because, of course, I was, and I found out there's a lot of sexy pictures of Bothans. Rule like, thirty-four, there's a my lot. friend. Rule thirty-four. There's a lot of hot Bothans out there, and I just wasn't exp- I just wasn't prepared for it. You know what I mean? Rule thirty-four. I was just like, man, if it exists, I just didn't think I was gonna find a bunch of hot Bothans. If it exists, they exist. So yeah, it exists. Now I know that. Yeah, dude, it's gross. Which is cool. It's disgusting, but you know, whatever. Man. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say it was gross. I mean. I mean, I didn't stop looking at the Bothans once I found uh, them. I don't, dude. Okay, anyway. Jordan, do you want me to send you some sites with Bothans on them? I mean, like not sexy. Do you want to do a Bothan sure. podcast? If they're not sexy, I'm fine with N- it. No, I'm sending you a bunch of sexy uh, Bothans. Yeah. <laughs> Any- <laughs> anyway, so, st- <laughs> so okay, so we're edging to the end of this. Um, I like no. We're still going. We're still going strong. I like Star Wars. I just think that. As a world building standpoint, they just keep making whatever they can because they can in order to fit whatever need they need to do. I like it. I love just the idea of light versus dark. That's like one of the things I've always loved about um, fantasy is light versus dark, evil versus good. The idea they have beam swords and they like space samurai and it's cool as heck. And just everything with like, the force all and of the that fact- stuff. Well, the fact that the Force gets used in different ways, like the light side uses it for more of like a protection and moving, and dark side uses it for a pure force and power, and I just like that idea of it as well. And that, to me, is like where the the stuff can shine. Like, there's yes. actually some good... I don't know if I would say world building per se, but like, the way that they develop the Jedi it's world is building. interesting in a lot of... Like, aside from the prequels, which are terrible, yeah. but like... From there on, especially Last Jedi, I actually really like what they set up the Jedi to be. And I, and I find it super fascinating. Well, this isn't world building, but I do like the connections of the characters that they actually did in Last Jedi. There's some things I hate it, but like the Kylo and Rey whole thing that they put together was really well done. And just having these two, they're foil characters. They're very similar, but super yeah. different in yeah. one way and that's i also another thing that i like in just world building in general is foil characters i love that oh well i understand why you like cowboy bebop now what why what why oh what because of spike and jet <laughs> the ex-cop and the ex-criminal yeah. that live on a ship the, the together foil characters one of them is an insane close op- relationship but then we also get vicious yeah. who is Another foil character is Spike, who is, I stayed in the crime business and took it over. Now I'm going to kill you because I can't type thing. Oh, man, I forgot about Vicious. Oh, yeah, no, that whole... I, I, I see, definitely that's like the forgot darker part of Kawabiba. I do like the jauntiness of it, but the darker of dealing with Vicious, dealing with your past, and the woman whose name I can't remember, that all was something that they build really well. They just do, I think, every, like, 
six or seven episodes so have a little vicious episode in and then they'll go back to the normal like day-to-day life and i thought that was really well built but i already gushed all over cowboy bebop we don't need to talk about it anymore um do you want to do honorable mentions of space odysseys and just different ones you enjoy and like would recommend uh yeah you can go ahead and start it out i want to think about okay. it for a second well, i mean i've mentioned star trek i really do like the idea of the new star trek movies that have come out the jj abrams one i didn't wasn't necessarily 100 percent on board with the um most recent one with the white chick with the black stripes on her face i can't remember what that's super racist, Jordan. Um, she's not just a white chick. She's right? a white alien <laughs> with white hair and black stripes on her face. But yeah, I liked, I liked the new Star Trek movies. I thought the Wrath of the remake. Also, of you're Ra- wrong about. That. I thought the no, remake wait. of Wrath of Khan was pretty fun, even though everybody hates it. I thought it was no. Really good. What you're so wrong, Jordan. The second movie was stupid. It was like, the second movie was garbage. It was, but I thought. See, the thing is, the third movie was excellent. The thing is, I liked watching it in theaters, and I like thought I loved how everybody gasped when he said Khan, even though from the very beginning of the movie I knew that was Khan. And but I just I enjoyed it. The first movie was great. The second movie was fine. The third movie was also fine. But it, I enjoyed the new Star Trek movies. I think they are worth a watch, each in their own. I also I liked Dark Matter a lot. Um, it's more of the corporate. Dark Matter's pretty. It's more good. of the corporationy side of like a space odyssey, but it does do the whole thing with a tight knit crew of six people. They are actually named one through yeah. six, even though they kill off a few characters. But I thought that whole idea was really good. Um, they just even discover the like hyperspeed, like the blink drive, being able to space from face to face i thought was really cool i just the characters i thought were really well done as you because dark matter the whole thing is we have six characters who wake up from um cryo sleep not knowing who they are remembering anything that happened just remembering that they are part of this crew of the raza and so it's all about them trying to figure out who they are and what they're really trying to do in this whole situation. And then finding out that they're all criminals and trying to kind of change that past and being like this new type, new good type of pirate crew. Um, so that's good. Everybody knows about Star Trek, so I don't need to explain what any of that is. So I think my I think you might steal the last one I'm going to talk about, but um, Guardians of the Galaxy is another really good space odyssey. Oh yeah, I, I forgot yeah, about that we, one. I actually wasn't going to talk about. We that. actually ended up watching part of it today because my friend hasn't seen Guardians of the Galaxy. So over lunch, we went to his apartment and watched it. No, but Guardians of the Galaxy is very good. It's in the Marvel universe, but the first movie just they set just this huge take a huge step away from all of the Marvel bullcrap. And they have this just interesting crew. They're not like, they're all anti-heroes in their own way. They're not good people. They do bad things. And they, they they nail a fun adventure in the yeah, first they nail- movie. They do a really good job oh, yeah. of making fun adventure, which I think that a lot of times, like, for some reason that's like a genre that's kind of died it seems like a lot of ways, like everything wants to go grimdark well, yeah, now and be like super well, brutal. Well, that's because Game of Thrones and things where they actually kill main characters and they make these dark movies, they sell really well because people are like, oh, it's so different. They're actually doing these dark things. But I miss just a fun adventure. And Guardians of the Galaxy 
delivered upon that so well where we have these characters like i said they're not good people they don't make good choices they're full of themselves they like steal they kill but they go on this fun adventure and end up inadvertently saving the freaking planet of xandar yeah through a dance battle they save xandar through a dance battle and i mean it's also a place called xandar which is just pretty goofy so you know there's okay and then the whole crew of it it's not your normal like sci-fi space odyssey where you get a crew one guy is a human another dude's a big gray dude with tattoos over himself who doesn't get sarcasm or idioms we got a talking raccoon a tree that just says one sentence a girl who's known as sorry a woman who is known as the most dangerous woman in the galaxy who's daughter of this evil space um emperor who wants to kill everybody we just get this just fun crazy just crew that gets put together so well and it works and it's crazy and it's fun and you're sitting there laughing the whole time and i completely forgot that that movie starts out with cancer mom dying and i like my friend saw he was like wait you said this was a fun movie i'm like oh sorry <laughs> it is. I we, we start out with cancer bomb. Ooh, I am so sorry. But it's just they do. It's got John C. Riley yeah, in it. It's funny. John C. Riley. That's one of the things that won me over with him because I really don't like him that much. But he's great in that. He's great in Kong. I have very mixed. Kong was great. Yeah, we've already talked about Kong. We Whoa, don't have to go back there. It's great. Have we? Okay, I'm sorry. I was just blown away by how good yeah, Kong but, was. But uh, anyways. But yeah, so Guardians was just great. Sorry. And so, anyways, you were gonna say about uh, John C. Riley? Oh no, I was just gonna—I was just gonna say my my honorable mention would be. Uh, I think the only one I'm really gonna give is the Expanse. Yeah. Um, which I have mixed feelings about, particularly about the show. But I think overall is a really—it's—it's it's an interesting kind of mix between hard sci-fi. Where space travel's a little bit more reasonable. Hey, buddy. You know what I realized? it's a little bit darker. You know what I realized? Huh. A, you talked about The Expanse already. What? B, we actually did a sci-fi episode that I completely forgot about. Yeah, but we didn't talk about... We didn't talk about Firefly and Cowboy Bebop. No, we didn't. That's actually kind of why I came back to this. But anyways, you talked about The Expanse, but do explain some more. I have already talked about The Expanse, so I won't talk about no, no, it no, again. You'll, Either you'll, way, so my honorable mention, though, is The Expanse. Talk about The Expanse. Okay, well, so it, it's a good mix of, um, yeah, of, <clears throat> like, real sci-fi versus, like, the kind of goofy adventure that is most sci-fi, where it, like, doesn't really make sense. I feel like it combined those two really well. Like, the part of it that's kind of goofy is how quickly they get their their Millennium Falcon, like... They need their ship that is the ship, you know, that they all, like, have their fun adventures on. And they just kind of, like, stumble into that ship very quickly. And it seems like it's because they needed that to happen in the story. <laughs> so they're just like, oh, here's the ship. It's yours now, you know. That's fun. Um, but other than that, it's a, it's a fun adventure. It's a, fu- it's a fun adventure movie that I thought was set up well as a space movie. Oh, it really is. Um, really, other than that, though, like... Um, Starflight was the other one that I think is actually worth checking out. Like, don't don't let the genre dissuade you. It it's better than just like uh, it's not just like a trashy romance novel. Like, I actually really like a lot of the space adventure parts of it, not just the romance parts Cody, of it. You like the romance parts, um, don't be ashamed of who you are. I mean, I'm not going to say that I don't. I'm just saying that there's more to it than that. You know what I mean? Ne- it's never be ashamed of who you are. Guys. Like, 
I'm not. I mean, but here's the thing. This is something I've noticed. This is off subject, but um, a lot of times romance novels are classified as romance novels simply because the main character is female. Ooh, that's kind of sexist. Like, it's happened to me three times where I've gotten a book that is not really a romance novel. Like, it really doesn't have romance in it. It's not about two characters falling in love. It, like, there's a love story maybe in the book. Is your book that you're reading now, the one that, the magic book that you told me about last week, is that a romance novel? Because if it's not a romance novel, I'll read it. It was classified as a romance novel, but it absolutely isn't. Like, it it has less romance in it than a lot of things that would not be classified okay, that, as romance novels. Okay, then definitely novels. send me what that title is, because that book did sound interesting. I just... It's really good. It's called Uprooted. Or actually, I'll probably listen to this again and be like, okay, it's Uprooted. <laughs> yeah, but that's like a weird thing that happens. Um, like, the the book that was about like Sherlock Holmes where Sherlock Holmes is like a, a detective that was invented by Char- yeah Charlotte Holmes yeah yeah that one was classified as a romance novel I'm like she doesn't end up like she has an affair with a guy at the beginning of the book so that she can make herself like a pariah and then after that no one really has any romance in the oh. book it's like about her solving crimes okay but do, okay not about romance so even though those aren't romance novels you still still like them it's not like oh crap i was looking for love and i hate oh yeah i mean they're good those are just good books but it's just it's just a frustrating thing that like i think libraries don't know how to classify a book because they don't want to just call it like it it it, it feels that way to me right like oh this book has a female protagonist it must be romance oh female protagonist who might like have an interesting like love affair yeah this is a romance novel but she only kisses one guy it's a romance novel it's probably romance it's a romance novel that's her defining characteristic like but it's not though yeah. like that's really not the focus of the space book. odysseys you know we oh do sorry these yeah i forgot that we were talking most of about our that. talks have been about sci-fi genre we talked about sci-fi the last deconstruction we talked about alien which is sci-fi we talked about cowboy bebop and all these space odysseys which are sci-fi crap did we just like sci-fi a lot? Well, Jordan, it's almost like we're huge freaking nerds. Hey, man, man, I like fantasy too. Like, I don't, I don't know what you want me to do about this. Oh man. <laughs> also, I don't know. Like, I haven't gotten into like a good fantasy recently. I guess other than uprooted. But yeah. well, I mean, so really, this is just this has been our episode. We're almost done with this. Um, next week will be a board game world, which I gotta start writing. <laughs> oh, frick, I um, about what that. we're gonna oh do from gosh. now on for these world deconstructions is like we did this time. We took two subjects out of what we already talked about and built worlds in our own, and then we talk about talk about them in a, their own deconstruction. So if we happen to roll two interesting, one or two interesting ideas to talk about next time, we will definitely do that again. I don't really think we're gonna have an episode about board games. Just gonna throw that out there. I was gonna say we could do board game worlds because there's been Are you all of really two mad of those at me that I know a board game world? I mean, I just I'm 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 struggling. I'm struggling with what to do, but I'll I'll have something. It'll be you know we do so many of these. It's okay to have one that's a dud. You know what I mean? And I'm just warning you, next week might be rough. Yeah, and plus we're going to have where we can rewrite a world that sucked. So it's good. It's gonna be fun. Oh shoot! I might have to do this twice. <laughs> all right, it'll be it'll be all right. Yeah. But um, <laughs> no, nah, it's it's gonna be fine. Anyways, it's been fun. We talked about some really fun space odyssey worlds. We talked about the awful, awful Cloverfield paradox movie, which burned that movie to the ground. It sucked. 
Well, then we followed up with uh, right, it's Cowboy really Bebop. We talked about Serenity, Firefly, Star, uh, a little bit of Star Wars, and then just our honorable mentions, which were Star Trek, Dark Matter, The Expanse, and Guardians of the Galaxy. I recommend yep. pretty much everything we talk about, except for Cloverfield Paradox, I recommend. Like, go watch these things. <laughs> they are so good. There's yeah. not one of them that I would not recommend yep. other than Cloverfield Paradox. Do not watch Cloverfield Paradox. Just take our word for it. It's bad. But if you do want to know what we were talking about it's with some of it and haven't seen it, go watch it. It's kind of fun in a way to just watch something that's terrible, you know, and that one is. It's like, okay, it's honestly like a Star Trek episode gone wrong. It yeah. sucks. Yeah. Anyways, it's been fun. We'll talk to you next it's week when bad. we got our board game worlds. And then hopefully we'll roll something a little bit better. Bye! Bye.